Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Husker Cuzcast. I am Justin, along with Derek and Tyler. We are recording this episode on Wednesday, November 30th. All right, guys, we crossed the finish line. We're now at the end of the regular season for Nebraska and most of college football. This year flew by so fast. Perhaps it's because last year seemed to drag on because we sucked last year. But I'm truly appreciative of this year because we get to play in a bowl legitimately this time. And we hit the coveted nine-win marker. So I don't know how to describe what happened last game. It was a devastating loss. Uh, I usually watch the game a second time before we do the show, but I just couldn't bring myself to do it this week. So uh, I got to say I got to feel I feel bad for Tommy and the other seniors in this game. I know they didn't want to go out like that, and I feel bad for you, Tyler, because uh, <laughs> of of your love for the team that we just played. So have you reined that all that anger back yet? No, 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 I have not. Um, I mean, I, I don't know if I've been 100% sober since the game ended. I, I'm in a deep depression right now, and it's largely due to my beloved Huskers who decided to no-show the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah. And, I mean, it, it, was, it, was, it was the worst game of the year. I mean, I, my, my buddy Nick, uh, who does the ESPN show out of Lincoln, you know, he, he had a poll question, which was the worst loss of the year. And, and there was no question in my book that this was the worst loss of the season. Um, you know, we no-showed against a team that we had at least equal talent for. And it, it was really, really bad. And I, I haven't fully recovered. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Derek, what do you think? You know... You talk about the worst loss of the season. Absolutely, this is the worst loss of the season. You know, you know, some some may say that the Ohio State game was the worst loss of the season because we lost by fifty nine points, and that was a terrible loss. But there was very few people who actually really thought we would beat Ohio State. I mean, I know you guys picked Nebraska to beat Ohio State, but even you guys didn't really think we'd probably beat them. Yeah, I'm a homer. And, you know, all, I think everybody going into this game thought we would beat Iowa. This was, this was a terrible game. We made a two-star running back, a two-star running back, look like an all-pro. He looked like Ezekiel Elliott for the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah. Well, to, you know, to add to that Ohio State and Ohio comparison or uh, Iowa comparison, uh, you know, after that loss against Ohio State, yeah, you know, I kind of expected it, you know. And then we were forced to believe, you know, from all the media and, you know, and everybody else, everyone was talking about it, that Ohio State had the better athletes. They got the better talent. You know, we're just not there yet, but, you know, fought hard or whatever, you know, what all of that crap was. So I was able to move on from that game a lot quicker. This Iowa game here, it was dreadful from the very beginning, and I knew it was going to be dreadful for me because I'm not a big bourbon drinker, but I was drinking bourbon. I switched over to bourbon in the first quarter. And everything that happened, you're right, Derek, we made that running back just look absolutely great. And I think, I want to say in one of the Big Ten all Big Ten pulls that he uh, actually made third team, actually, I think. But uh, anyway, it, it was just – it was a brutal game, and it wasn't fun to watch at all. 
it, it wasn't fun to watch it. And, and, you know, you mentioned that running back. Going into this game, we had given up five plays of over 50 yards. And against the idiots out wandering around, we decided to give up three plays of over 50 yards. We made this team look like the greatest show on turf. I mean, <laughs> we got manhandled. They threw the ball 15 times. 15! And they completed 10 of them for three touchdowns. I mean, that's, that's what I did in NCAA playing JV back in the 90s. I mean, it, it was remarkable what happened. It, it was sad. It was a sad day to be a Husker fan. Well, you know, Tommy Armstrong, I feel bad for him. But, you know, he was hobbled so much, he probably shouldn't have been out there because what makes Tommy so special is what he can do with his legs. And with that hamstring injury, he wasn't able to be Tommy. And so he had to resort to his arm. And, you know, even though he had moments of, you know, of positivity this year throwing the ball, we still kind of cringe every time we drop back. And this game was even more, more so because he couldn't run and he damn sure he couldn't throw. He would throw complete. He'd throw deep. What seven, eight times? He would just chunk it up in the air, and you know, just kind of see what would happen. And it never worked out. Uh, I wanted to see maybe somebody else, but I understand why the coaches kind of kept him in because you know he's been a four-year starter. He's been your leader the whole time. Can you replace him? I don't know, Derek. What do you think? Well, I, I think it proves to me that this coaching staff has no clue what the hell they're doing. Uh, if this guy's if this guy's that hurt, you take him out of the game, or you don't even start him. Whatever. He who, who do you I, want them I, to play? The guy with the broken wrist? You want, do you want do you want to play the former former wide receiver? I mean, who do you want them to whatever, play? In that whatever, whatever, whatever. I look the guy Tommy Armstrong passed for thirty seven percent. He threw every long ball he could possibly throw, and he couldn't throw it accurately because obviously his hamstring was hindering him. Was the, it? The guy didn't do anything. He didn't do anything. Well, let's be fair. Let's be fair to Tommy. Okay, he has never been able to throw the deep ball. You know your no, favorite no, 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 question, Derek. He 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 yolo bombs that ball down oh. that field. That's all he does. That that's his deep ball. He closes his eyes, like when Justin plays golf, and just throws it as hard as he can. He, he he's got he's got nothing. He has no touch on the ball. He has no idea what he's doing when he throws that deep ball. First off, can we get rid of this yellow bull crap? Get rid of it. After you this season, we once, can. Blah blah blah. Get over it. After this season, we can. We'll never have to see another YOLO bomb in my lifetime. <laughs> you don't. You don't know that. You have no clue. You, you're going to give what Tanner Lee all the credit in the world. We haven't seen the guy play a down yet. That's fair. I mean, we, we don't know what these other guys are going to do. That, that's that's for next August. Let's not let's not get into that. Uh, look, nobody on this team acted like they wanted to win this game. I mean, we had Tommy Armstrong and Stanley Morgan Jr. arguing, almost getting into a a face-to-face argument, walking off the field in the first drive. Yeah, that's when I switched to bourbon. (laughs) What was going on there? I I have no idea. Did you guys ever hear what happened in that situation? I, I, 
I, I this is all speculation. This is this is my thought. I think Tommy Armstrong thought that Stanley Morgan didn't put enough effort into catching that ball because it looked. But you didn't. But 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 Stanley Morgan didn't know the ball was coming. By the time he looked he around to see the ball was coming, the ball was half past him. There's no way to catch that. No. That ball and, wasn't and, supposed and, to go to Stanley Morgan. And, which, which and, there God, and God there. forbid. There's, God forbid a secondary receiver don't think the ball's coming his way because Tommy Armstrong don't know what a secondary receiver is. <laughs> Derek, you just killed my thunder there. That was probably the third time all year he didn't hit his first read. And, I mean, and to be fair to Stanley Morgan, if Tommy Armstrong was ripping me out and I'm Stanley Morgan, my response is, how many freaking times have I bailed you out this year? And, and, you know, I, I am less critical of Tommy and the, some of you guys, but and, and he is all heart, and he left every, you know, people, you don't think played their all. I think Tommy gave every bit of what he had. It's just, unfortunately, Tommy wasn't that good, and when you take away his legs, you, you know, either call the plays or make the reads that Tommy was making, I, I mean, it, it's hard to win. You know, this game, we threw a season-high attempt, 37 pass attempts. When we had a hobbled quarterback, I mean, who had a hamstring, who isn't accurate to begin with. I mean, I I get that on Langdorf. You you need to run a power game, and where is Zigbo? I mean, I'm being told this guy is healthy. That's all Riley's saying. You need to run a power game. You need to bring the fullback in. We actually gave a fullback a carry this yeah, we game, did. which is remarkable. But we need to put the fullback in the game, put a, put Zigba back there, and try to kill some clock. And I just I hated this offensive game plan that they went in with. How are you going to kill clock when you're down? We were down the yeah. whole game. But at that point, you're not killing the clock. You're trying to catch up. And I, I, don't, I don't agree with throwing the ball more times than we've thrown all year. But at the same time, I mean, do you want to be able to get in the game or do you want to just say, hey, let's run some clock off and take the loss? You know, but the thing is, we were in that game. I mean, yes, we were, down, we, were down, we were down 20 to 3 at halftime. We were down 20 to 3 in the halftime. But going into the fourth quarter, we were down two possessions in that game. Okay, two possessions. And yeah, two possessions. So you got to throw the ball. But not you don't though. You can run a balanced offense going into the fourth quarter if you only need two touchdowns. Yes, you need to have a little bit of urgency. But we ran the ball the second fewest we ran all year. We we did not run a balanced game plan at all. It was it was as heavy of a pass attack we've seen all year. And this is what we killed Langsdorf for last year was being a pass happy. And he has done a much better job this year, to his credit, of using Armstrong, being a balanced team. Uh, maybe even a run-heavy team this year, and 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 there's a lot of reasons why that didn't work. I mean, our offensive line didn't show up. I mean, well, it, it it was just a brutal game. I mean, do you want to talk about why maybe why we were passing? I mean, we had 90 yards rushing in this game. I mean, we weren't doing anything running the ball. You gotta well, throw the ball. And we, you're, were, you're, we weren't throwing. We weren't completing passes either. Go ahead, Derek. You, you for, twenty-seven you, yards. You, 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 forget, you forget the other aspect of the ninety yards. We did run the ball thirty-one times. That's like 
two and a half yards per carry. I mean, it was terrible. We couldn't run the ball to save our lives. Yeah, I mean, it's I, but 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 you know what? Passing was no better. No, I mean, hey, when I when Iowa runs more yards than you get total offense, you know you had a bad game. Especially when Iowa's 120 was rated 121st in the nation in paying total offense. Well, that Their may be true. Terrible. That may be true, but at least our special teams look good, though, right? <laughs> hey. Hey, 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 remember last week when we said our one goal, our one goal was not to mention special teams this week? Oh, yep, yeah. thanks a lot for that one, assholes. <laughs> All right, go ahead, Derek. <laughs> congrats, to, congrats to Caleb Lightborn on the 50-yard punt that went sideways that only went actually five yards. I've never seen anything like that in my life. I mean, it was so embarrassing. And uh, the way that game was The problem is, that's not his worst punt. That wasn't his worst punt this year. (laughs) Which is even... That was borderline an average punt. That was borderline an average punt for him. It it wasn't a shorter punt. That was probably one of the better ones. I mean, he had a negative two-yard punt. So, I mean, it's it's an improvement, I guess. I just thought it was so funny the way that game was going and when the announcers – because when he punted the ball, I'm like, I'm waiting for the ball to drop down. And the announcer said, it was like, that went 15 rows up in the stands. I started laughing. I'm like, no way. I've never seen anything like that in my life. I was like, I want to see it. But not even the cameraman saw that one, that ball drop from the air. Because I just wanted to see that fan. I, I guess we did see the fan. It wasn't he walking away with the ball. He's like, I ain't giving this one back. <laughs> it's like it's like yeah. It, 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 it reminded it reminded me of a go ahead, Derek. It remind it reminded me of a foul ball in baseball. <laughs> well, I don't know if you saw that, but he he pushed his sister wife out of the way to get out so he could run out the stadium with that ball. I mean, I mean, he was his total hick Iowa self. Like, is that true? Good for me. Is that true? No, I don't. Probably. Oh. No, probably. I'm just, Ty- Tyler I'm just, just hates Iowa. I know, I know. <laughs> Tyler I, know. I lived there. So. I, I lived in Iowa for two sad years of my life, and it was horrible. And, you know, the thing with Lightborn, and, and I do feel for the kid, and, you know, and we could debate this all day how good a punter he is, but this kid was one of the best hunters coming out of high school. I do not believe he How do we know that? Him. He was a three star. He was a three star. You don't give three stars to punters. There's two three-star punters this year. There, you don't do that. He was one of the best punters coming out of high school. Well, I got, he has well, the, he has the appar- he, His head is blown. He is so into his head. And appar- apparently, at, he's had as many concussions as Zach Darlington. Because he forgot how to punt. <laughs> it, it, it's, it, it's as bad. And, you know, going forward, you, you wonder what he's going to be able to do for us next year. Because you thought going in, I mean, after... You know, obviously, he wasn't going to play this year, but you, he was supposed to be our punter for the four years after Foles, and 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 he was he's gone, and 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 sadly, he's not the only bad part of our special team. No, he's, he's not. And, and you know what? I, I get tired of that argument. I, I really do. I get tired of this argument that we have to just give Caleb Lightborn this some special treatment because he got stuck into a situation that he wasn't supposed to get stuck into because Sam Foltz passed away. It's sad that Sam Foltz passed away, but at the end of the day, you had 12 games to improve. 
What were you doing in practice? Were you over there chasing friggin' gophers? <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? I mean, at some point you have to improve. You were yeah. a good punter in high school, and now you're getting negative two yard punts and five yard punts. The guy punted ten times and only averaged thirty six yards. I can go out there and punt for thirty six yards. Like I get, I get it. You know, nobody wants to rag on a uh, true freshman, you know, eighteen year old kid. But you know, come on, the the guy is not. Well, I know, but. He's not performing. And, you know, usually you, you always hear it from the recruits. You know, they just want to go in and they want to make an impact and they want playing time right away. He, you know, circumstances, you know, be that as it may, he got his chance and he just failed at that. And so, he, hey, you know what? He made, a big, he made a big impact for the other team. Well, uh, it, well but do you guys sad. remember? Go ahead. Do you guys remember going into the uh, – short, shortly after Sam Bullseye, the three of us gotten on the phone, and we were BSing like we do. And we were having a conversation like how bad are we going to miss Sam Bull? And, Derek, I don't know if you remember this, but me and you were on the side of saying, if we have an average punter this year, we'll be fine. We yes. don't need an all-American punter to win games. We just need an average. Yes. You know what? We didn't get that. We did not. No. Not he was all. arguably not the close. worst punter in Division One football. Well, I mean, he wasn't the worst. We we did actually uh, have one punter that was lower than him. I, I believe he played for Rutgers. <laughs> no. Yes. We're we, we, we were we were 127th in the nation in average punting, and uh, Rutgers was 128. Well, you know if. I mean, we're not even talking about a group of five team. We're talking about another Big Ten team. The, the, you know, this will never happen now. You know, Caleb Whiteborn will never join the Husker Cuzcast since you guys are ragging on him so much. But if we, if he were to be on the show and we were to ask him, Caleb, is there any punt that you would like to get back? Or which punt would you like to get back? He was like, how many can I take back? I mean, it was that <laughs> rough of a year for Caleb Lightborn. He, You know, the negative two-yard punt, which was mind-boggling. But it... Even though it was minus two yards, it wasn't nearly as funny as a five-yard kick <laughs> that went that, went, that, that went to the, the upper stands. deck. You know, you always hear this thing. You couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. You can't kick a goddamn football in the middle of a field, a big old football <laughs> field, and you can't hit the damn football field? What are you well, doing? You know my, what? My, my, my... My first question to Caleb Lightborn would have been, how do you feel about getting Bruce Reed fired? Well, yeah. There, there you go. Because, I, I mean, let's face it. Ultimately, I mean, as bad as our special teams was, that was the worst. And he is probably the ultimate guy that got Bruce Reed fired. Well, there, no. He's not the ultimate guy. There's a lot of things to go with. Uh, above that, but I, I do want to mention one thing here about Caleb Lightborn. If he does not improve next year, I think we need to do something else with the special teams. Drew Brown, he's got a good leg. You know, I'm sure he can punt the ball straight. Why <laughs> maybe, not? Why maybe. not go with that? If if Caleb Lightborn has the yips, put somebody else in there because Caleb Lightborn a, is hurting us. Give a walk hey. on. 
give a walk-on spot to a D2's kid out of Nebraska. I mean, there, there's someone that could punch sure. the ball 35, sure. 40 yards a game. Absolutely. And, and, and you know, but, but, but since Derek brought it up, let's, let's get into the Bruce Reed thing because, you know, I, I, I am never going to sit here and be happy that someone lost their job. I just, really? I don't believe that. But if I was going to be that, Bruce Reed needs to go. I mean, I mean, he, he underperformed all year. He had Pearson L, who is arguably one of the best punt returners in the nation, not even finishing the top 10 in punt average in the Big Ten. I mean, he, he underperformed in every essence of, of special teams this whole year. And, and, and I give Riley a lot of credit for making that pull. I mean, we, we've seen it in our past regimes and in his, his history of not letting go assistance. And oh, I, I'm happy to see it. Oh, stop. Are you kidding me? All the guy did was his job. That's all Mike Riley did. He did what he had to do. If you, if you keep this guy on, chances are you're not going to have a job. Bruce but, but Reed was terrible. Bruce but we was didn't, so yeah, we've terrible. We've never seen we haven't but, but seen that in we, our lifetime as Husker fans. But we've never seen any coach ever underperform like Bruce Reed. Kevin Cosgrove! Kevin Cosgrove! No! no. We gave up 70 points, 76 even, points to Kansas. 76 points Cosco. to Kansas. Not e- we just gave up 62 to friggin' Ohio State. Not but that even, wasn't all. That not was even a Bruce. Cosgrove. Not even Cosgrove. Underperformed as much as Bruce Reed. Bruce Reed I has absolutely underperformed, and Bruce Reed was making more money than Cosgrove. I I don't give a damn how much someone makes. If we pay someone a fifty thousand dollars or a million dollars, my bottom line. No, is- no. The problem is, is if I'm paying you four hundred fifty thousand dollars, it means I have faith that you're going to be able to do your job. And you didn't do it. Well, the reason why he made that much is because he was part of Riley Staff for 16 years. And and the rumors... Surprise, out of, surprise. Well, the rumors out of Lincoln was is that Riley wanted him to go to an administrative role or an advisory role going into the year. And right now, I'm guessing he probably wishes he would have because he still have a job. But, you, you know, he, he, he did underperform, but... His salary has nothing to do with anything. And all the Husker fans that say, well, he makes seven times more than the average Nebraskan make. I don't give a damn. I mean, the bottom line to me. Well, okay. You don't have to give a damn because you live in Wisconsin. (laughs) I mean, you're not paying his salary. Like the bottom line, guys, is he needed to go. He did. Mike Riley made a big choice by firing not just a colleague, but a friend. He fired a friend, and that's something that he never did at Oregon State. He is doing what it takes to uh, bring a right guy in to win championships or put to the put the team oh. in the best position to win games and win championships. Let, let me so point give question. me a break. Let me a, give let, me a break. Let me give a this question to you not- guys real quick. Go ahead, Tyler. It, okay, so this is right now – our second coach under Riley that we have let go. And, and I am all for this. I think it's, it's unanimous and that we are all for the firing of Bruce Reed. He, yep. he didn't perform. 
But at what point in time do we start getting instability in our coaching staff? I mean, Osborne, one of his biggest credits was he was very, very loyal to his assistants and allowed them to develop. And Bruce Reed was different. But uh, do you guys at all worry that we're beginning to have a little bit of instability in the coaching staff? No, absolutely not. You're trimming the fat. Get the fat out of there and get get to that lean, mean fighting machine. That's what we need. We don't need any of that. Hank Hughes, that was fat. Trim the fat. Bruce Reed, pile of shit. Or fat. Trim the fat. <laughs> Just keep on going. You know, you, I don't care who you put back there. You could put a GA back there, and all he has to do is play Madden on Xbox or PlayStation and find out some special teams plays. That's all you need to do because any of that would be better than what Bruce Reed was drafting up. How many blocked punts and kicks did we have this year? That had to be that had to have been a record. The inability for Demorne Pearson L to return a punt adequately. And it was on a consistent basis. He failed in every aspect of special teams. I don't even know what part of special teams that he excelled at. Which is all the more reason that he did nothing more than fire a guy who wasn't doing his job. Okay. Well, I'm okay with that. That doesn't doesn't prove that the guy's out to win because he fired his buddy. All he did was get rid of a guy who did not do his job. Sure. Well, I'm sure we can get into this discussion. This is going to be a great off-season topic, especially once they hire a special teams coach. And it'll be interesting to well, see who gets it. Is it going to be Tavita Thompson? Who, who's going to get that job? But we got to move on uh, to our picks. Uh, Derek, you want to give us the sad news for the recap of the year? There, there's no sad news. The, re- the recap <laughs> of the year? Is glorious. Uh, look, <clears throat> Tyler, you went twenty-three for nineteen at fifty-four point seven percent. Justin, you went forty-two for thirty-four at fifty-five point two percent. And King Derek for this season, a little bit, of course, by a little bit, by a little bit, just just by a few. But King Derek, he went. 49 for 27 at 64.4%. All hell. I demand, I demand a recount. Yeah, that's popular. Just this like here so. at Wisconsin, I need a recount. Well, <laughs> I mean, you, you can recount all you want, but at the end of the day, neither one of you two are even close to me. So, well, I we mean, can, you, can, you can fight for second place all you want, but. You, you, you guys, when before I was on, you had all the easy games. That That's the thing. I, I was in during the hard Oh, oh my God. Well, really? Because are you going to tell me you would have picked uh, Wisconsin to beat LSU at the beginning of the year? Derek did. All right. Well, you're one good pick. We, we can get into this later in the bull pick because the tables are going to reset. Everybody's going to have an opportunity because we're going to open up a Husker CuzCast bull pick on Yahoo, which is open to the public. So test your knowledge for the uh, bull games and see if you can beat the Cuzes as we're going to beat Derek. Easy. Uh, so stay tuned to find out more information on how you can uh, make your bull picks. But we got to get into the conference championship picks right here. 
Uh, let's start with Santa Clara, California. We got Colorado and Washington in the Pac-12 championship game. Tyler. You know, this is a really intriguing game. Colorado's having a basically a dream season this year. And, you know, I mean, for a lot of credit, which I hate to give the Buffaloes, they have, they have turned that program around quite a bit. But Steve Sarkeesian, when he was there in Washington a couple years back, he was a damn good recruiter, and he brought in a lot of talent. Chris Peterson, in my opinion, is one of the top three or four coaches in the country. And Jake Browning is probably one of the top two or three quarterbacks. Then they, Washington has more talent, better coaching, better quarterback. They win big. They win by three touchdowns. Buffalo season ends quickly. Wow, Derek. Oh, you're crazy. You are absolutely crazy. Uh, look, the stats on these teams are just unreal how close they are. I mean, there's not a stat in the, in, in the total yard stats that are – they're all within 15 yards. I don't, I don't know. Colorado's playing really good ball right now. Washington, they're a good team. But I, I think uh, – the old Huskies choke in this game. And wow. I think Colorado finds a way to win this game. I do. Wow. Well, it definitely feels like bizarro world here, you know, to take a line from Seinfeld. Uh, with Colorado being at number eight, that just seems unreal to me. But you got to give props to Mike McIntyre for getting the buffs there. You know, they took, took them from the worst in their division to first. You know, you got to love that. However, I think Jake Browning – I think he's going to get it done. I think uh, Washington wins in a close win. So let's head to uh, the Big 12, where they don't have a real conference championship game because they suck. But uh, Oklahoma State at Oklahoma, which essentially decides the conference championship game. So, Tyler, take it away. Yeah, I mean, I, I see this being a good old classic Big 12 showdown. I expect both teams to hit near 50 points. Um, no defense to be seen on this field. Um, you know, both of these teams have had lights out offense in Big 12 play. Um, Oklahoma's averaged about 45 points. Oklahoma State's about 41. Um, Oklahoma State's undefeated in Big 12. Oklahoma State's won seven in a row. Um, in the day, I think the difference is going to be Baker Mainfield. He has 28 touchdowns and six interceptions in the Big 12. He's just a little bit better than Oklahoma State. They win a very close game. Nice. Derek. All right. Oklahoma State lost to Central Michigan. And, and you could talk about the controversy in it. But at the end of the day, you had them in the game. You let them be in that game. And Oklahoma State is not – as good as everybody's making them out to be. And Tyler, you're right. There will be no defense on this team. You just will put 11 offensive guys against an empty field. Because there's really, there will be no defense in this game. Uh, it, it will be very high scoring. Oklahoma wins, though. Hey, Oklahoma State, I'm not convinced they're a good team. Well, I'm a little shocked that the line is 11.5 in this game in favor of Oklahoma. And I agree with you. It's probably going to be high scoring. Uh, what's amazing to me is I don't think, uh, you know, the winner of this game, I don't even think they sniffed the playoff. Uh, but I think Oklahoma. Nor should they. Yeah, well, yeah. And uh, I think Oklahoma wins a close one here. 
So let's uh, get to the biggest mismatch of the the weekend here: Alabama at uh, Florida. This uh, this game is actually in Atlanta. So uh, Tyler, talk about this one. Bama by a hundred. I like that line, Derek. Well, you know, I I seriously wanted to pick all the games that I wanted to, all the teams that I wanted to root for, and. This was the game that I looked at that I was like, I can't do that. I, I think this is a low-scoring game. But Florida's got a pretty good defense. I don't think Bama scores a lot on them. But Bama's just too good. The, the over-under on this game is only 41 points. And I would yeah. honestly probably take the under on that. I, I don't see a lot of points scored in this game. And I think that Bama wins... Probably like one of these seventeen to seven games. So nothing big. Wow, I disagree, but I think the SEC. I think they should be more embarrassed by this matchup than the Big Ten, that uh, has neither Ohio State or Michigan playing in their national or their title game. Uh, I think Alabama just they crush them. Yeah, it's it's lights out. Now let's go to Orlando with Clemson and Virginia Tech. Tyler. Yeah, you, you know, this is probably one of the more intriguing matchups of the weekend. Um, you know, Jared Evans for Virginia Tech has had a really good year. He has 26 touchdowns and five interceptions. Uh, you know, Vautech, they're in the top 25. You know, they've had kind of an under-the-radar, pretty decent season. And Clemson, for a majority of the season, has not been impressive. But since losing the pit... It, it kind of reminds me of what happened last year once after Ohio State lost to Michigan State. They've turned it on. In the last two games, they've had over 500 yards rushing combined and six touchdowns. And last week, Deshaun Watson had his best game of the season against South Carolina. Uh, sorry to our game talk cousins. Uh, but he completed 81% of uh, his passes and had six touchdowns. Still South Carolina. Uh, he destroyed South Carolina the, and probably one of the better teams in the SEC. Um, yeah, Clemson wins this game. It's going to be close. I, I, I do think this game is going to be a close game, and, uh, but Clemson does. All right, Derek. All right, you're, you're wrong. You're completely wrong. Everything you said was pretty much wrong, except for your stats. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Virginia Tech, the only reason they're even ranked in the top 25 by the college football playoff committee is the fact they want to make this game interesting. Virginia Tech's not a good team. They're terrible. And Clemson is going to steamroll these guys. They got Deshaun Watson, and he is going to have the game of his life against this crap team. Okay. Go ahead, Justin. Am I confused here? Tyler, did you take Virginia Tech? No, 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 no. I, I took Virginia no, Tech. He said it would be a close game. Oh, okay. You had me scared here when you told him that it was completely wrong. Okay. All right, yes. good. It's not going to be a close game. Well, I, I'm, I'm with Tyler, actually. You know, I think Justin Fuente, he's done a fantastic job in his first year to put uh, Virginia Tech in the ACC. Uh, championship, but I still think that they're probably a couple years away from actually winning it. But uh, yeah, I I think Virginia t- 
Tech. I think they play close. Clemson wins a close one. Uh, and that brings us to the Ancelotta here. We got the uh, the battle of the third best and fourth best teams in the Big Ten. We got Wisconsin and Penn State and Indianapolis. Tyler. Yeah, I mean, th- you know, Justin, you, you said this is third and fourth. You know, the interesting thing about this game is, you know, it, 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 it's A, I think, going to be the most competitive game of the weekend. And B, the question really is, is if Washington or Clemson flip this weekend, do, does this game allow pathway to the college football playoff? Um, it, it is going to be a highly competitive game, and there's going to be probably the most intrigue on this game of all the games of the weekend. Um, you have Wisconsin, who has, in my opinion, the best defense in the Big Ten. A lot of people say Michigan, but I think Wisconsin's defense is best. Um, again, the offensive player of the year, Barkley from Penn State. I mean, this is going to be a very, very good matchup. At the end of the day, I put it on quarterback play. Wisconsin doesn't have one, um, and Penn State gets a little bit more out of there. So I, I give Penn State the slight edge in a very competitive Big Ten championship. Nice, Derek. Well, I think you're forgetting probably one of the biggest factors in the fact that Wisconsin does not have a reliable kicker. Their reliable kicker went out towards the beginning of the season. He's been out since. Uh and, and you talk about being the third and fourth best teams in the Big Ten. What does that speak to the Big Ten? That our third and fourth teams are playing for a conference championship. They're that good that they're playing for the conference championship. Uh, you only got four he, teams ranked, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but they're on the top top seven. I mean, look, this defense is a dying art. And the Big Ten, especially the top-tier Big Ten teams, play great defense. And at the end of the day, I, I, I don't know if Wisconsin's defense is good enough with not having a good quarterback and not having a good kicker. I, I think Penn State wins this game. It'll be a close game, but I think Penn State wins this game. And special teams may be the key factor. Could be. You know, I don't know, you know, prior to the season, you know, when we were looking at all the teams, you know, we thought Wisconsin, we, well, we all agreed that Wisconsin had a brutal schedule on paper, you know, but yet they trucked all the way through it and they emerged as division champs. So you got to give it to them. They did their best, but look at Penn state, you know, uh, we didn't have high hopes for them at all. And they went through the season, and after that win against Ohio State, all they did was just kick ass. They just kept on winning and winning and winning. They played better. They kept getting stronger. And I think that momentum right there gets them the win over Wisconsin in Indianapolis. So I got Penn State all the way. But uh, you know what, guys? uh, It's time to get out of here. So. So you can interact with the Husker Cuzcast on Twitter and on Facebook. Follow us on Podbean. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. And we'll be back next Wednesday to discuss the Bulls and the playoff pairings. And as always, go Big Red.